0: Hey everybody, this is Chelsea Schaefer and Caitlin Gustav and this is The Score, the official podcast of the sport of team roping. This is the Team Roping Journal semi-weekly podcast highlighting the team roping industry's top talents and influencers through stories that inspire and connect ropers. We sit down with ropers from the professional ranks as well as industry icons and producers to delve into topics that make the team roping world tick. This is season two, It will feature even deeper interviews, storytelling, and issue-based coverage, and we are so excited you're here. Before we get started, we've got to thank our sponsors at Fastback Ropes. They're presenting this week's episode, and they just launched a new rope, the Cobalt. Similar in diameter to the Excalibur, this rope will appeal to ropers who prefer more tip weight and less body or bounce, and we'll tell you more about it later in this episode. If you can't wait, head on over to FastbackRopes.com and check it out. I don't really know what to say about this week's episode of The Score, but I will tell you I've been waiting over a year for this interview. You see, there's only one Clay Tryon, and the goal of this episode is to give you some clues into the man behind the most impressive jackpotting record in history— three world titles, and some of the greatest horses to ever score, break, and face. His intensity is absolutely legendary, and now, some 22 years into his PRCA career, he's got some big-picture perspectives that we get to explore. I really hope this interview pulls back the curtain just a little bit on this man who has been to 16 Wrangler National Finals rodeos, won every major jackpot at least once, has not $2.5 million in pro rodeo earnings and, at the time of this recording, is sitting inside the top 10 in the PRCA world heading standings. Without further ado, he does a pretty good job of helping me introduce this episode himself, so I'll stop. This is Clay Tryon. Hey, Clay, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. Chelsea, you?
0: <laughs> I'm good. Where are you these days?
1: Uh, Spanish uh, Fork, Utah. Um, how was it? I haven't waited yet. I'm up tomorrow. I'm oh, sitting gotcha. in my truck doing this uh, podcast, 100 degrees outside, so it's <laughs> it's warm. Good. Well, good
0: that you're in your truck, at least. Is the AC decently running? I know we can't hear it in the
1: background, so is it? are you cool? It's, it's working, and if I have to put it in drive and drive around this parking lot to get it fired back up again, I might do that, but no, we're good to go. Okay, so. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, I'm glad. I don't um, want you to bake. No, I'm ready. We've been talking about doing this for a while, so I'm ready.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's a fun fact that I wanted to mention at the beginning of this interview. You are somebody I talk to. Anytime I'm going to run, like anything I want to try something new, I run it by you because you're like my biggest skeptic. And I feel like you'll tell me the truth if you think it's a stupid idea or if you think and, it's
1: something yeah. I should try. And what so, did I tell you? And what did I tell you? I told you you should do. You told me it.
0: You told me I should do it. you told me it had to be good and it had to be um, lots of conversations. And so I think we're a year and a half into this before I was brave enough to want to do one with you because you I had to get some practice before we did
1: this. Yeah, because I've listened to I don't know how many you know rodeo people listen to podcasts, but I've been probably listening to them for about probably five years. Yeah, I have a few of my favorites, but I mean, I got one that I think is the best just because it is a typical podcast. Some mm-hmm. are just the interviews, you know, some yep. podcasts are just ESPN, you know, doing PTI the whole, you know, just what's on TV, they put it on there. And then I actually like the real podcast because you kind of get the inside information and it's just a, you know, kind of a free flowing conversation. So yeah, no, yeah. I told you to give you a few ideas and like I said, I'm glad you did it.
0: Now, what are your favorite podcasts? Obviously, other than The Score, what are what are your favorite
1: podcasts? Yeah, my favorite one I like is, uh, I mean, I've listened to Joe Rogan. He's not my favorite, but I think he's it's uh, just an interesting guy. And then uh, Bill Simmons, uh, he's on The Ringer. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's the best at it that I've seen do it uh, for what I like mm-hmm. in sports. I'm not saying he's my favorite guy. Just to me, he does a podcast the best out of all the people I've listened to. So uh, well. kind of you know he has some inside info sometimes and just has good guests. and uh, I think that's the best one for me anyways.
0: Team roping's so hard when it comes to inside info because I have info, but sometimes it's it's so hard to know what I can say and can't say because we're such a tiny small community. Like so and so just got cut because they couldn't keep their horses together. You kind of can't say that all the time. It's so team repping is a funny little tiny community with lots of gossip that is interesting to share or not share.
1: Yeah. I don't know if it's so much gossip, but like you said, uh, it, people get their feelings hurt for a while. Uh, it seems like everybody gets over it, um, eventually, but when you do have some ins- inside info, I mean, it's hard to use it and it makes yeah. it, you know, a good podcast kind of. It would make a good podcast if you could use it if it, but it was such a small community i don't know if it would ever work quite you know yeah quite to that extent i don't i don't really know but yeah you probably got some inside info and it would be great i wish the sport kind of had it i think that's what it needs to grow in general i mean if anybody writes a negative article or anything people get so mad about it and sometimes it's not even negative it's just the truth so I would like to see it covered more that way. But I, like you said, I don't know if it's possible in the smallest circle.
0: Yeah. The circle is so small and there's so like the money that supports me and that supports you and supports the way we all make a living. There are so few pools or buckets to take that money out of. It's like, if you make one person angry, then you're, you know, cutting off the hand that feeds you pretty quick. So.
1: Yeah. But I've never really understood that. I mean, if you if it's an honest opinion and it's right i don't know why anyone could get mad about that but they do i've never understood that if like somebody asks you opinion your opinion you tell them the truth and they don't like it and never has made sense to me that you know like you said they might want to fire you or whatever from your job and i I, we don't want to say anything to get fired uh you fired on this (laughs) you know on this podcast but i mean i i think that's what grows the sport makes it interesting gets people uh you know wanting to follow it um is some of the inside info is uh is the good stuff, and it doesn't even necessarily bad, it's just the good stuff i mean i I, I kind of want to know inside sports stuff, so if I have friends that play professional sports, I'll ask them the questions that never get brought up on TV just because I kind of want to know
0: and I feel like we've done a better job with the team roping journal in doing it not to get, I'm not defensive. Like I'm not saying that I feel like that's been something we've really tried to do is like less of the nitty gritty. Like this is what time they were on this steer, blah, blah, blah. And more of the, I guess the way I kind of approach the inside sports angle you can't make people as bad when you write about the horses that they're riding, like in more detail and like where those horses came from and all the different angles and who had them and who rode them. And, and maybe like they reared out of the box before or this or that, like it's a little easier to write about horses than like people's divorces or their drug habits or like anything that
1: way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know <laughs> the drug habits. Um, but I think people's stories, very interesting i think how how people came up um what they did to be good mm-hmm. some people come from nothing some people came from money uh some people you know you know did it where their parents didn't rope some people's parents roped good just kind of all walks of life and i think it's all it's all interesting and unique all those stories and the horses are pretty unique how you know one guy like you said wasn't very good and then got good the horse or yeah. You know, one guy liked him and the next guy didn't. So yeah, there's different ways to go with all of it. And I, I like listening to the stories and I mean, you kind of know people once you get out here, cause it, you know, it is a small circle. And my, my, my favorite, one of my favorite questions I get asked is like, I'll be, they'll be like, do you know Trevor Brazil? Say, and I'm like, <laughs> we're back to back at the NFR. So surely we didn't say anything to each other. You know what I mean? That's the question. I was like, are you serious? And then maybe people just don't know what to say to me. And so that's the that's a question they ask her. You know Derek Begay. Man, I should. You know what I mean? I, I should know who he is. You know, we're at the same rodeo every time. But maybe people don't understand how much we are. You know, we're all spread out, you know, all from somewhere you yeah. know, North America. But how we're, you know, this parking lot today, I mean, there's half the good ropers in the world. We're, you know, either out today or tomorrow or, you know, and then on to the next spot. So, I mean, we all know yeah. each other pretty good, really. So.
0: It's so but. funny the questions that people have about different people's personalities. Somebody asked me at the junior Rodeo this weekend, is Aaron Sinogenie really as funny as he seems? And I thought, I love Sinogenie. You know, he's one of my good friends. Yeah. I was like,
1: funny? Yeah. Where did funny you look
0: at get- <laughs> funny? funny. Like he is funny. Like he makes me he laugh, funny. but I don't think I can not imagine how somebody got funny as his like public persona that was that was an interesting question I got the other day
1: maybe maybe they know him pretty good he is pretty funny so maybe maybe he is funny a little bit yeah
0: yeah he is funny (laughs) okay so before or I guess to get rolling on your actual on the questions that I told you, I promised you I had for you. So we weren't just going to yeah. be winging it. Yeah. I want you, I I've asked other guys this, so don't get mad at me that I'm asking the same question, but I, I've, these are some of my favorite answers. Can you take me into the practice pen that you grew up in as a kid? What was the try family practice pen? Like, what is it? What did it look like? What kind of steers were you open? What kind of horses were you riding? And how were your parents talking to you?
1: Um, I grew up in a, I want to say it was, uh, railroad ties and, and wood, mm-hmm. maybe wire, uh, you know, wire, you know, in between it was probably we had lights. Um, when I got a little bit older, it's probably 300 foot long, probably 150 wide. That's kind of how everybody built arenas back then. I always had my dad that we, we, uh, when I was a kid growing up, we had a kind of like a guest ranch type deal and we taught people how to rope. So my dad was kind of always trading horses here and there and you know, not necessarily be a horse trader, but like you'd have to have all these horses for these people to ride. And so we would just mix and match on, you know, what it was ever was left over that we didn't use that week. We would rope on. And then I had a, I did have a really good uh, a mare that we uh, that I grew up roping on that kind of got me. She was the first good horse that I got to ride. And she kind of let me know what a good horse was. And Brady actually Brady and Travis both. She had a colt and they both made the NFR. I want to say and they never rode her at the NFR, but they rode her a lot during the season and so I kind of grew up on horse like that, but I grew up riding just different horses my dad would buy and sell, and, you know, just doing different stuff like that, and uh, so I was out there all, all, you know, all summer long, you know, a lot running the chutes, and back then wrapping 40 head of steers, which longhorns back then, uh, that's kind of what everybody roped, and fresh in the spring, and old in the, old in the fall, and like I said, we'd wrap 40 every day, and unwrap 40, and Billings can be hot, so it was a long summer sometimes. I, I mean, I always joke with my kids when they want to go you know, on a vacation. I'm like, you know how many vacations I on when I was a kid? Zero. So <laughs> uh, my, my vacation was uh, out there in Road 8 North, uh, Huntley, Montana, but it was good times. I, looking back, it was probably some of the best times of my life. I didn't know it at the time, but uh, I had this dream of actually doing what I do now and to actually accomplish some of it. Uh, you know, my dad my dad was a huge, huge influence I know on me and my brothers making it just cause he uh he obviously knew enough because we all made it and uh he was hard on me and Travis, but he wanted us to be good and wanted us you know the best for us. So, you know, I have to thank him a lot for the way he was and you know, just kinda out there learning together in a weird way.
0: Now when you're when you were a kid, was your dad still rodeoing a lot then, or had he retired by the time?
1: No, he quit. He, I don't think he really liked it. Um, he rodeoed, he made the NFR in 1984 and I don't know how many years he rodeoed up or I've never really broke down his schedule, but he made the NFR in 1984. I think he started in 85. So he said didn't like it. He quit. I started school maybe like in 85 or 86 and, uh, or first grade or whatever. And, uh, he just stayed home. He, he, he would amateur rodeo and proteo, like, you know, over the 4th of July, I always got to go watch it. Like Cody Livingston, Red Lodge and stuff like that. He would circuit rodeo. But, uh, he said there was really no money in it back then. And I just didn't want to be gone as much as it required to be away from us to do it. So he didn't want to do it anymore, which is, you know, which is cool and honorable. That's why I live in Texas though. Uh, Cause so you, if you live in Montana, you're never home. So you have to live in Texas. And now it feels like I'm home about half the year and, uh, it makes it, you know, where it's not, you know, it's not such a beating and you can have a normal life, you know, outside of rodeo and just not, you know, living on the road, you know, 365 days out of the year.
0: Now, did you go to the finals with your dad that year that he made it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember going. Um, I don't remember a lot about it, but I do remember being there was in Oklahoma city as last year was there. And, uh, I remember well, the only thing I actually remember kind of is they had a, it's not like it is now. I don't even know if they had autographs or did anything like that back then, but I remember they all stayed maybe at the same motel or most of them did. And they had like a flag football game one afternoon or something. And me and my brother were really into sports. And I think we went to some tennis courts just kind of right by the field. Uh, Cause my dad took me over there a couple of years ago where he stayed and those tennis courts were still there <laughs> in Oklahoma city. And then I remember, you know, we used to dress up, football head to toe and we wanted to, you know we just played by ourselves on the tennis courts but I, that's one memory i have of, of him going there now were you and your
0: brothers super
1: competitive with one another growing up and how, how much younger is brady than you guys brady's 10 years younger me and travis are like 20 months apart so yeah super competitive i think it made both of us better because really before me and him came along, I mean, uh, my little generation, there there wasn't many guys from the north that ever even made the NFR. It, it was everybody was from, you know, California, Arizona, or Texas, and it was unheard of for guys from Montana. I mean, Shane Schwenke made it a couple times and kind of maybe invited once, and Corey Mitty made it once. My dad made it, Bill Parker. But overall, no one really did it, and then it was almost like you couldn't do it. I mean, I was even told I was dumb, you know, because I always – I was not a confident kid, but I always, if I said I was going to do it, I I was going to try to do it. And I was told I was dumb for, not by my dad, but by other people for, you know, saying I'm not going to college (laughs) and go make the NFR. And and then told me I was stupid for it. I was actually right. But, um, (laughs) you know, but back then that's just the way it was up there. And nowadays people are from, you know, the miners are good from Oregon and there's people from up North that make it. But back then it didn't seem like there was a lot of people that, you know, we're good enough. And it's hard being from up there. I mean, you know, you get about four good months of weather a year, maybe five. And I mean, in Texas, I know it's hot, but you can go 12 if you need to. And that's a huge advantage if you're trying to work on something, in my opinion.
0: What did, did you play sports during the winter then in school? Or what yeah, did you do? I played
1: when I was little. I played everything. I even, I even played a year of hockey. Um, I was always good. Me and my brother were both good. He was good at sports, too. I uh, always wanted to win. Baseball is probably my best. Um, I, I I played in All-Stars and stuff like that. Nowadays, they have all these, you know, select leagues. And that, that was, I'm old enough to where that wasn't really started yet. And I got to play, they got a team, a group of kids, the best kids from Billings. And Billings is a big town, 100,000 people. And we played a team from Japan. So that was pretty cool. That was probably the highlight as far as, like, my baseball career when I was, like, 12. But I was decent. You know, played football, quarterback, basketball, point guard. I was decent at all of it, but. When I got to about fourteen, I started roping a lot and started winning, and then I just wanted to rope I quit everything and just started roping.
0: Oh, you did gotcha. Did you play basketball? I feel like you're a basketball fan
1: i am a I'm a sports fan I love all of it. I love all baseball, basketball football um I watch nothing else on t v besides sports um, I love the competition. I love seeing guys go as hard as they can at something and that's not scripted, and no one knows the you know you know, the bachelor, like I, I can't even watch it for 10 seconds, but I can watch sporting events all day long just to, just to see guys. Cause maybe cause I've did it and work, worked hard at something and you know, how, how much time and effort and thought process they went into, to getting good at their craft. And yeah, I, maybe I just appreciate it more or love sports. I don't know which one, but no, I just, I like watching all of it.
0: Do you think rodeo is moving in the right direction to, I mean, maybe never be, you know, the NHL or the NBA. Yeah. But do you think it's moving in the right direction to have more coverage and to be something that maybe someday ESPN at least mentions?
1: I doubt it, but I hope so. It's going to take a smart guy that knows how to, that has connections with all those, you know, I don't know, whatever media companies to pull it off. And I don't if we have that I don't even know who's in charge of it honestly I would say no I mean it's never going to get like the other sports there's animals involved and people don't understand it but it can get better I mean people want to follow it, it's just how do you monetize it how do you make how do you get companies to put their money and invest in you and that's why it's going to take one smart guy that knows how to do that and that, that, you know I, I think they could do like the league pass type thing because I got I mean I, I, I buy like league pass for basketball I buy it for every sport that's what I splurge on. A mm-hmm. So I, I get every game, every game all year. I have it besides hockey, not that into hockey, not that I don't like it. It's just, I'm not that into it, but all these rodeos are videotaped. I mean, they have these big screens at every rodeo you go to dang near. And if somehow they could get that to where the public could buy a, whatever it is, you know, I spent 300 a year on football and I spent 300 a year on all of it or 400, whatever it is. If you could do a package to where it was, Even more than that, because there's so many more rodeos, and somehow you could stream it to your deal. Then to me, that's the shot at doing it because they're already showing it anyways. They're showing it back to the crowd, and that's basically what to me League Pass is. They already showed them in their in their market, whether it's San Francisco or whatever. They're showing the Warriors there already. Mm -hmm. They just figured out a way to put it to where I can watch it too in my house in you know Leipan, Texas. So if they could, if someone. Could figure that out and make some money off it, then yeah, the support could grow. Um, I think it needs to. Um, the amount, of, you know, just what horses cost and vehicles cost and everything to get down the road, and I mean it has to always keep going up. It's gotten better. What's crazy is it's gotten better the last few years. I did the ERA in 2016, so in 15 mm-hmm. was the last year I rodeoed full time. Sat out 16. The rodeos in the summertime were way better. Than they were the year off. I don't know. I don't think the ERA had something to do with it, but way better. Um, so they they started to add more money. Um, There's they could still fix a lot of things. I mean, I, I've been ranting about this last few days about this, and it's never been like this. And I don't know if they have anybody smart enough in there to do it. I'm not knocking anyone that does it, but you'd have to maybe live it to understand it. But like we were all at Casper and Sheridan that week, Vernal, Estes Park on that side. Mm-hmm. They have Nampa slack on Monday, and they have Cheyenne slack on Tuesday. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, switch that them was around? awful. Yeah. Why don't they switch it around? Why don't they have nothing? Went, nothing happens Sunday. I know Laramie may, maybe has a performance, but that rodeo is too little to matter. Um, why don't they just have slack on Cheyenne Sunday? And then the team ropers have to go to you know you really think about it, team ropers have to go to Salinas, the Bulldogs. It's back to back, so maybe do the team ropers on Tuesday and. You know, the, some of the bulldog and calf rope and maybe split that up. You know, there's ways to do it. And that's the stuff to me that doesn't make sense. And back-to-back, and back, the stock contractors always say it costs them a bunch more to have one for everyone and back-to-back. Back. I don't think it costs that much more, but it saves us so much money. I mean, I, I just figured if there's 200 rigs that drove from Casper to Nampa and back, if you figure just the trip over at $500 a rig, that's $100,000. Mm-hmm. just wasted just wasted money to go over there and we were all already over there i would like to see the scheduling like that change a little bit and some of it you can't you know some of it there's no fixing it uh but some of it there is i mean why have oakley slack the on the second cody slack on the second why isn't oakley slack on the third just little stuff like that but yeah little. Stuff. i don't yeah and the little stuff is means a huge is huge honestly but I, that's some of the little stuff i'd like to see changed
0: Okay, so I have, I have a question because I'm really terrible at scheduling. Like I can't even manage to enter circuit rodeos appropriately. How do you, but obviously you've done this for tons of yeah. years, not that many years cause you're not that old, but
1: enough. Yeah. But it. No, it's about over. I mean, really, I mean, it's not, I'm on the down slide and I'm towards the end of it and kind of want to be, I'm not, i I loved yeah. it, but I mean, yeah, I don't got a lot of years left. No. Well, I have questions about
0: that, but right now I'm going to ask you like, how far out did you realize what a problem or what a headache all that scheduling was going to be this year? Like, did you, as soon as you looked at the first PSN that had that schedule in it, were you like, Oh crap, I'm going to have to go from one to one, like, no, or did it, no. as it got it's, closer, a, it's, is that,
1: it's a, I don't look too far ahead. Here's the bad part about me. I have all these ideas. I've realized nothing ever changes because it really don't and it ain't up to me. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth. I've had a few arguments with the brass or whatever and they say every time, well, your director wanted to do it. I said, and they said, "And you voted for him. And I've said at times, no, I didn't vote for him. And well, no, that wouldn't have been my idea. So there's really no way to win. I've lost mm-hmm. things that I have story after story of, you know, I'm not saying battles where I lost and I, to me in my mind, I was 100% right on the deal. Um, so I don't, but that's the way you could fix it. Like, so after, if I was in there saying, you told me the schedule of like, you know, there's a way to do it. And yeah, cause cause they're having the days anyways. You see what I mean? They're having the slacks anyways. Mm-hmm. They're just, the days are mixed up.
0: Yeah. That's, see. that's what I guess the way I look at it or what would be the problem for my mentality is that I wouldn't look far enough ahead. And then it would be like, Okay, we got to. Oh, by the way, we got to go to Cheyenne. You you would if it was your
1: job. You would if it was your job. Yeah,
0: totally. That's what I'm saying. So that's why I guess that's why I was asking. How early? It's not your job. Yeah. Yeah, I see your point. Yeah.
1: But I could if it was my job. That'd be pretty simple, I would think. But maybe I have lived it to know it. Yeah. Maybe you have to live it to know it. And maybe if you don't live it, you have no understanding of maybe what it takes or. The yeah. amount of money maybe you just never did the math in your head maybe you know it's pretty easy when you're say you're say you're spanish fork this week i promise you if i was on the committee at spanish fork which they do a great job i'm not this ain't anything against spanish fork but they're not thinking about any other rodeo this week except theirs which mm-hmm. they shouldn't but the prca could see because mm-hmm. they govern all of them so mm-hmm. you can get in your own little world and not understand how to make it better because all you're worried about is your. Your rodeo that week making it better, which I understand that. But the the thing I don't get is when the committees kind of go at each other a little bit, like, well, we're having our slack this way and we're having it this way. And it's like, well, you, the best guys to make the sport good, you want them to go to both of them. That's mm-hmm. what makes us good. We're just trying to make money and go to the best stuff. We want to go to both your stuff and you're making it, you're actually costing us money. It's not really costing you guys money. It's actually you're making it harder on us. Yeah. So.
0: No, I, I, I can't even keep a schedule for a week for myself to go to the office. Like I am so bad at scheduling. So I think that just sounds like a job for somebody with a different I'm personality than me. I'm not even saying, I'm, I'm not sure. even
1: saying well, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I'm yeah. not even saying I'm the guy for it. I don't oh no, it. I know. <laughs> if you said, here's a director and here's a tenant. No, I, I don't, I don't want yeah. that gig. I mean, it's a thankless job and I don't want any part of it. I'm just saying if Napa is having their slack on Monday, and Cheyenne Tuesday, and I know the Bulldoggers maybe went Wednesday or something extra or whatever they did, but whether well, you yeah, had slacks both days, they were just, you know, made guys drive, you know, at least 12 hours out of the way, even if they had to go there the next day, it's like, well, you made them go over and back, so. Yeah. And then back again, I guess, sometimes, so.
0: Yeah, No, it's like, I mean, our company has accountants that handle things that I couldn't even begin to tell you, but I'm sure glad they do. It's kind of the same thing. Like having somebody to handle that sort of stuff would be sure helpful. I'm sure there is somebody that handles it, but just maybe a different take on it. So so (laughs) I guess your partnerships, we we could go on and on about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Let's go to something more exciting. More exciting. More exciting. Do you have a partner – that you think you've gelled with the most over the years, and why?
1: Well, me and Jade were the best, probably because of him, I guess. I don't really know. Um, I did the best with him rodeoing. Um, you did? Yeah. Yeah, I was probably at the best that I was at that point, had good horses. Uh, obviously, he's in the prime, still is. He's a younger guy, you know. Yeah, probably just the timing of that, more or less to do with just maybe I was at a good spot where – I was roping maybe my best, had some good horses, and he was great. And, uh, you know, we roped what I call three years in the PRCA. We roped for three years, and we went in the lead three years in a row. And then we did an ERA year, and the other next year we started from scratch. So it's a little harder to go in the lead when you start from scratch and you're not getting into San Antonio and going to the Denver qualifier. And it just seemed like a messed up year. Um, so I felt like the three years that we just legitimately went at it, and then we won the area the year we roped. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we went in number one. So I just think that I wish we have done a little bit better jackpotting and we really didn't. It was kind of weird that we didn't. You know, like this year we won. You know, we roped second partners at the, the jackpots, and we won. You know, the Lone Star Shootout, so we won forty grand and a nice bloomer trailer. You know, so we've done good as second partners. I I wish we would won a little, you know, like we didn't win a BFI or nothing when we roped together and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I thought we would, but, you know, those things are harder to win than people think. So, you know, to win first, those things got to go. You got to have the right kind of day to do it. So, but yeah, probably me and Jay. But I've never roped with somebody that I didn't think I could do good with. Mm -hmm. I've been fortunate to where I've had a good partner, someone I could win with uh, my whole 20 years or whatever I've been at it. I've, I've had somebody, somebody good the whole time, which is, I don't know if that's hats off to me, where I know how to talk them into roping with me, or I was that good, or what <laughs> the reasoning, or what the reasoning was, but I, I've always had, you know, that right guy. Yeah.
0: Let's take a break from this episode to thank our sponsors in Fastback Ropes. They just launched the Cobalt, their latest core rope. The Cobalt is similar in diameter to the popular Excalibur and it will likely appeal to ropers who prefer more tip weight and less body or bounce. The combination of poly and dyed nylon has resulted in a highly durable rope. The goal is to build a rope that feels good and retains that great feel run after run. Plus, it's aqua blue by request of Fastback customers and endorsees for maximum visibility. The Cobalt starts shipping July first and the head ropes will be 31 foot long and available in extra extra soft extra soft and soft and medium soft and the cobalt heel rope will be 35 foot and available in soft medium soft medium and hard medium now last year you and travis had a good year you had
1: your worst finals ever would you was that your worst I wouldn't say it's my worst but I mean I would say I mean yeah my worst in that I had a bad one a long I've had a lot of bad ones that that's the only thing that bothers me about my career there's two things that bother me about my roping well three and I didn't get as good as I thought it could be I don't think I reached my potential I think I had a little more in me and I don't know why I didn't maybe reach it but that bugs me a little bit not making the NFR in 08 annoys me the most 'Cause that's the only time I tried to make it and didn't really, you know, from the time I first mm-hmm. made it. Cause when you're young it takes you maybe a couple years sometimes. But once I started making it and I tried to make I didn't make it that year. That bugs me the most. And then just not doing as good at the NFR as I should have. You know, it's not it's easy to rope. It's it's I mean, you get to nod and go, um, I should have you know, I've only won the average twice. I mean, Jack I. I've done good my whole career. I should have been able to win it more uh yeah i wrote terrible couldn't figure it out wouldn't practice every day the horse i was riding at the nfr uh my little sorrel johnson i've I rode him a lot the last three years and almost every rodeo and i don't know he felt good i, I just couldn't catch i practiced every day and felt fine rode the dummy felt fine go to the rodeo feel fine and miss it was, it was almost weird what happened to me I, I, I still to this day don't know what was going on just could not catch the steer but yeah, it wasn't good. It was the only time I've ever just came home. Usually I take like a week or two break after the NFR. As soon as I got home, the next Monday or whatever, start started practicing again. So I was too mad to take a break. But I guess that's how it goes sometimes. But, I, I mean, it, you, need, you need to do good there to make the year worthwhile. So that's, I think that's what was so disappointing.
0: Now, you're like the most mentally tough person that I can think of when it comes to competition. Were you – in your head, did you feel like you were in your head? Were you you said it felt good. Tell me about mentally how you were. I,
1: I actually think I kept a, a good attitude and I was good to be around, and maybe that was my problem. <laughs> maybe I should have just been myself more and just not been so angry I wouldn't have been worth talking to, and maybe I would have snapped out of it. But, yeah, I tried to keep a positive attitude. and You know, you're still rooting for good money each night and uh, uh, just go to it. But that rodeo is weird. It's not like any other, you know rodeo or if it starts off bad it can go bad for anyone and uh you know guys rope good now that's the thing now if you're a little off you can't just go for the catch and think you're gonna win you got to keep being aggressive and you know making runs every night which is another deal but i i think i i was just just off the you know something else to talk about but i thought the nfr team rope. i did terrible so i wasn't saying about me was some of the best rope in a 1 2 team battling it out at the NFR. I, I don't know if that's ever been done. You should you should look that up sometime. Like, you mean the, just between two teams, between Yeah, Clay Smith and Paulies and, Caleb. and mm-hmm. yeah, and Caleb and Junior and they went in right almost tied, right? Yeah. They both had great NFRs and Caleb and Junior, you know, he heals one falling down the last round and still loses. And that that I don't know if that's ever happened were two teams that went in one two. I mean I you battle teams at the NFR if you're in the lead no matter what. But it's usually not the second place team and it's usually a different team every year, it seems like. But those two teams, they roped as good as you could rope. That had to have been good watching when you're when you're roping in it, you don't really notice it as much, but when I sat back and when it was done, I was like, those guys roped amazing those two teams. I thought it was one of the best best NFRs there's been. Yeah, that, it was so gritty. It really was was it that good to watch? Is what I felt. I mean, it's hard to tell yeah. when you're in it, but it was it good. Yeah, I it, thought it was because that seemed like it. Like uh, just just to battle it out, which has got to be disheartening for Caleb and Jr. Just because to rope that good and not win it. That's why it's hard. Uh, there
0: have been teams years. rope half as good as they did last year and win the world. Like I've, in, in I've the past.
1: done it. I've done it. But that's why when everybody says that guy's gonna be a world champion, you hear it all the time. That guy's gonna be a world champion. Well, there's only one guy a year. And if there's 10 good guys, then not everybody's going to win it because your turn is one every 10 years if you do the math like that, and that's not how it works. And then you were good 10 years ago, and now you're not. Some other kid is. So that's why it's it's harder to do than people think. And mm-hmm. uh, that's why I'm not always quick to say, yeah, that guy's going to do it because, you know, odds are you won't. I mean, that's, how, that's mm-hmm. how hard it is to do it. And maybe that's why that's the most important thing to win uh, is because – it's hard to luck into one. You got to, you got to rope good for a whole year to do it. But yeah. What do you think of the steers? You've been asking all the questions.
0: I know. As a a fan, fan, (laughs) and I've
1: been answering. Yeah, 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 yeah. What do you, what do you think about the steers at the NFR? The steers at the NFR? Yeah, I have my take Um, on them.
0: (laughs) Um, I mean, I thought it was good watching. I wasn't as, as strictly a team roping fan. I yeah. thought the whole NFR was good watching and the steers didn't bother me or they didn't hinder or help the way I felt about the oh, NFR. I, but oh, that's gosh. like, but you know me, I don't really rope. It's, it's not yeah, yeah. true that I rope. So I, I don't have any real feelings on that. Did, yeah. Do you feel as if the steers affected the way you roped? I mean, obviously no, you can, you can catch anything.
1: A, I think they're too big. I, see. I, I, I don't understand the the, the the heat. And I've won two world titles when they've been huge. I don't understand it. It's nothing against mm-hmm. the quality of the steers. It's just like, that's the smallest building we rope in all year. with mm-hmm. the tallest left fence. And now we're going to rope the biggest steers of the year. Make it old school. Well, why don't you make it old school at, you know, Ogden? I mean, yeah. what, why is it old school in the littlest arena? Because I have pictures. I've watched old tapes. They didn't rope big steers every time. It's kind mm-hmm. of a myth. You know what I mean? It's kind of the it's like walking you know uphill the school both ways it's not really true necessarily you know what i mean so Uh not that they didn't rope big steers back in the day because they did but they didn't rope them every time so i I don't i think they're a little bit too big i think it i think what happens is it makes it more of a drawing contest because if if the steers are huge there and if they go left at all it's hard to make a run Uh it's too big it's too big and so you're at a disadvantage if you kind of get on the wrong end of the steers um but that being said, the right team won it. That, that has nothing to do with me. I'm just yeah, saying the right, sure. the right, te- the right team won, a, won the world last year because they roped the best just barely. But they, isn't that weird, though, how it comes down to, you know, and then I think about this a lot, and everybody's like, oh, it doesn't come down to one steer ever. No, it really does in a weird way yeah. when you're good. A few few runs here or there make or break your whole career. And that's mm-hmm. what's weird about roping. I mean, if Junior heals that steer like he does, and say Clay Smith's horse stumbles when he heads him and he loses his rope somehow, or just something weird happens, he hickeys a horn instead of catching. Then another team went, you know what I mean? All the stuff that can happen. Yeah. It's, it's just odd. It does come down to one steer a lot. It's, it's just weird. That when you're good, you put yourself in that situation, you'll have a great career over about eight steers. And that's how you mm-hmm. did on those eight runs. And everybody says it doesn't come down to it. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, it kind of does because I've been in those spots. And if I'd have missed that one, you know, if I'd have missed at the George Strait a couple of times because I was aggressive trying to win it and didn't win it, and then, you know, I'd have $300,000 less in my pocket and no, you know, not two Chevy sitting in my yard. So yeah, it is kind of weird how it just comes down to a few runs you make. Uh, you know, love... you got to make a lot of them, but yeah.
0: Like I- I love how I love the stories that we tell or that the guys tell me about like the night that they won the world and all the different chips that had to fall or all the cards that had to fall into place um, to make it happen. Like, you know, so I think the very first episode of the score that got people kind of listening to it and hooked on it was Cinegeny giving all the scenarios that he knew in his head had to happen. Like, but you, I, I remember. The last couple world titles, you just had to catch, right? Like, you just had to go out there and make a good and, – and I don't mean to minimize that, but you no. had good situations. Like, not no, I, I, the no, most I intense. I take that as a
1: compliment. I take that as a compliment because that means I was dominant up to that point. Mm-hmm. It didn't come down to the last one. But I knew that. I also took a chance and won one round kind of later in the year where I was up a steer or something in the average – and I tried him on to try to win it that night to make sure they couldn't win it the next day. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. give myself two chances. No, I think that's just smart. I mean, I know I've been cl- – I haven't I haven't done good there, but I've been clutch with the George Strait. I've been clutch in spots where I've needed to be. That's you – know, I take it as a compliment. I, uh, I like being in those situations. I think any guy that's good looks forward to it. And uh, I think that's why, you know, certain guys thrive. They just got what it takes – you know, the last one doesn't bother them. And I think it does bother some people, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's been exciting. I I like where team Ropins. I don't love where team Ropins going as far as the runs. I don't, I don't like all the missing because there's so much missing nowadays, but it's so fast that that's all there is. But the guy's skill level nowadays is unbelievable. How they handle their ropes is off the charts and the shots that they can pull off pedding and healing I think there's more headers now than healers that are good by a long ways but there's a lot of good headers right now a lot of good young headers it's like a good good crop of them I don't know why there isn't that many good young healers but there's just not right now do you
0: feel like you can keep up you were the one that said it not me that you're on the downhill side but do you feel how do you feel about it
1: yeah I can keep up Mm -hmm. but uh it's not about um it's just different the older you get uh it's you just get other things life pulling different directions, kids one start off with one kid, not a problem, two kid not a problem, they're young now you got three kids, and the older kids are older. they're roping too you got to find them horses they're in Montana, you're off rodeo and you're trying to find out how they're doing with the jackpot. you're trying to get a trade over here. It's just your brain is going different directions versus you know say when I was twenty six and all as I literally thought about was team roping. you know that was the first year I won the world, and I didn't do nothing else but rope and sleep and maybe play video games a little bit. That was it. And nowadays you're, you know, just got so much more going. So it pulls you away as far as that goes. Um, yeah, I think I can hang in there. I mean, I have this year, I mean, I've won two of the biggest ropings. If we had three big ropings, I won two of them. Um, and that's how you make the money anyways until the NFR. And then, you know, owns a little bit of a beating just cause it's everyday grind. But, uh, yeah, I think I can keep up. It just matters how long I want to. Like, I'm so competitive that that keeps me going. A result, it's a results business, you know. I mean, you can say how good you are, but you still got to go out there and win. And the guys that, you know, win the most are the best for the most part. Now oh, you're competitive. but, but that, that, Yeah. I, well, and another thing I like, to, it's getting skewed on who's the best, though. I know who the best is. People know who the best guys are. They're out there. But and and there's a lot of good young guys coming and they'll get there but where the way everything counts the gold buckle it's a little bit different nowadays. like I said the best team won it last year and the you know one of those two teams if they won it they were the two best teams and I thought when Eric Rogers and Corey Petzko won I thought they were the best team for the year so the, the right guys have been winning it but when you start counting the American and Houston and you know Florida and your circuit finals and all this stuff that some guys don't even get to go to and guys win 30,000 or you know they're in an easy set at Houston and it's just like, man, it's a little skewed on who's good and who's not. So it takes till the very end to figure it out, you know, before you could kind of yeah. tell, but it, I don't really love that. I don't think if that's fixable because you need the money in the sport. That's got to have it. But that that's, I don't, I'm a little bit of a traditionalist and that didn't used to happen. And so it's just something you got to get used to, I guess.
0: It feels like the NFR is going to be the great equalizer though this year. I mean, I mean, it, it always comes down to the finals anyhow. So I guess, I don't know. That's, my hope is that the finals will take care of the could have, should have, you know, situations well, or the yeah. other money everywhere
1: else. I mean. Well, yeah. I See, the thing for me is I think the hardest thing to win, the hardest thing to do is go in number one rodeo. It's the hardest uh-huh. thing to do. It's a, it's a year-long contest, and you got to be better than everybody for a year. And out of all the things I've done, I've won in number one five times. And three in a row with the same guy and none of those things counted so I felt good about what I did nowadays there's guys in the lead nothing against Kyle Laka. I like him We're about the same age and rodeo together he's in the lead and hadn't even been to a rodeo <laughs> I mean he hasn't even been entering well you know it's, it, what it's like in 2005 when you're in the lead you did a you know there wasn't 50,000 at the American there wasn't you know the circuit finals in Florida that you're open against five good teams, counting. You know, you're you're grinding it out against the best guys, and that and that it's not that way anymore. Now, Clay Smith's in the lead and heading, and he probably is heading the best right now at anyone. You know, him and Driggers are, you know, in my opinion, they're the two best young guys uh, by far. I mean, they're they're the two legit. They're not even young guys anymore, but they're in the prime of their career, uh, and they're always at the top. And that you know, so they're where they belong. But. Yeah.
0: I, yeah, Clay Smith has over a hundred thousand won and did not win Houston or the American. Well, he won, like he
1: won a lot. Of, he won a lot of Florida. And did he? Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. He's, but, but that's not taking. Well. I mean, I know. Like I said, I'll. I know who's good and who's not. And <laughs> so yeah. he's good. If you're out here, you know, you'll learn right away. <laughs>
0: Well, that was you. You had said to me earlier, you always give me crap about just about everything, which I appreciate. Yeah, but yeah. that's why I like our friendship. But you're like, I'm having the best year I've had in forever, and you haven't even called me. You and Travis yeah. are having a good year, like you. And well, I meant jackpot,
1: not, not yeah, not 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 just rodeo and jackpot too, because like I said, I won two of the bigger ropings. Mm-hmm. When I told you that, up until the BFI, the BFI hadn't happened. Mm-hmm. You always want to call me with an interview about a horse that died five years ago. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of tired of that. But then I'm like, now, now I got something that I won, you know, the four bears are open in Newtown, and, uh, you know, Austin Roberts had a load and start shoot out in Stevenville. and then you didn't even want to call me. So I kind of felt, so I was hurt. I was hurt.
0: I put your picture as a two page spread in the magazine and put like jackpot King or something
1: for yeah, you. There you go. I, so I well, I, I was at one time. I mean, I have, I, I, I would like to see who's done the best jackpot overall. I mean, it's hard, you know, I don't know what happened in the seventies and eighties was just so different than it is now, but yeah, I, I wanted to be good at jackpots. Like I liked it. I love jackpot. Uh, I think it's the true, I think if you're a true roper, Anybody can catch one steer fast at a rodeo, but it's hard to be good all all the time jackpot. And the, and the guys that usually rope the best get good at that, in my opinion. So that, even before I was good at it, I noticed that and wanted to do it. So I really worked hard yeah. at trying to be good at that. That's my rant on jackpot. But.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that's a perfect transition for me then to keep asking you questions. Because do you think you could put on ropings like your dad? You love competing in jackpots do you think that after rodeo
1: you could yeah i mean yeah i could i I got a lot of ideas i i I, uh i have ideas i not this not necessarily steal ideas but you know you go to places and you see the stuff that certain people do well and you know certain producers are good at what they do and you things you like going to yeah I could see myself doing a little bit. I don't know if I will or not. I have put on some ropings, you know you know, always helped my dad out and been around it. I don't know though i I plan on doing this for a little bit while longer unless I can't win, then I'll be done tomorrow. I mean once the sport kind of tells you when you're done, if you're a header and you can't get any good healers you're up with you no more, you don't really win. It's time. you know what I mean mm-hmm. if you're st- if you're still getting the good healers and you can still win, then you know I've had some of the older guys that came before me say, Do it as long as you can' Uh, because you'll miss it when you're done. So um, I'm just kind of trying to weigh all that. I still, I still love to rope. I don't love the all night driving and the hanging out in parking lots type thing. But as far as just the roping par, I still try to work pretty hard at it and I still want to do good. I still enjoy that.
0: What else is life after rodeo going to
1: look like for you? I don't know. People always ask me that and I've, I've got ideas on certain things. I, I've really been one of those weird guys that, uh, I want to start some stuff, but I, I, feel like one, if you get too many irons in the fire, you're going to be terrible at this job. And I've seen it happen with a few guys that they were good and now they're not. And I think it's just cause of just a lot going on and it's hard. The older you get, cause you know, the end's coming, you need to get something else going, but it also means you might as well just quit this too sometimes because you're not, you're not going to do good at, you're going to, the sport got younger, mm-hmm. um, and younger kids don't have anything in their brain but roping i mean me i was the same way we're all the same way but when i first started everybody that wrote good was close to the age i am now and i think i mean i think you know maybe even older i mean jake Barnes, i think is 20 years older than me say or whatever clay cooper so when i first got good i made the nfr when i was 22 those guys were all the best ropers still you know the charles pogues they're probably 15 years older than me matt tyler and you know, they're all, you know, Matt and Charles probably about the same age and T and Jake are probably pretty close in age. Those were all good headers. Priscilla, you know, Dan Green's probably 10, you know, eight, 10 years older than me. Uh, Everybody's a little bit older. And now it's like, there ain't very many of us older ones left. You know, Luke, mm-hmm. Brown's, probably, Luke Brown's probably the oldest by quite a bit. Me and Charlie Crawford and there, you don't see many older guys doing that good anymore. And, you know, back when I started, the older guys did really good. And so, I mean, that i don't know the young it's gotten young in a hurry
0: what's your heel number are you gonna heal at the world series and the wrangler opens or
1: i don't even like healing anymore i used to like you don't i don't really like it anymore uh maybe it's because i gotta work so hard ahead i might like it if i didn't head all the time and actually you know bought a finished horse and tried to be good at it but uh Honestly, I don't ever hardly do it. Every once in a while, I I got a young heel horse. It's okay that my kid rides it. Sometimes I got to get on and heel some, but I pretty much just, uh, I had to heel for him at some of the ropings, and not very many, Though I'd rather him get guys that heel all the time because they're better at it. I only got a heel rope half the time, you know, not even prepared, so, yeah, I don't know. I used to love it. When I was younger, I probably, I almost became a healer. It was just easier for me to do, and heading's just so hard to get started that, uh, you know, I just thought, man, this healing's a lot easier. The horses are easier to find. You don't have to ride as good a horse. And it just seemed like that's how you can make money jackpot a lot easier and head. And it's like, you know, you, you try a head horse and they, you know, they're like, well, I only want 20,000. You're like, I got $300 and you want 20, <laughs> you know, you, you want 20 grand. And, and that's, you know, and that's the tough part about head is just, these young kids are always like, oh, I'm looking for a horse. I say, You're gonna be looking your whole life, man. It never stops. And it doesn't. I mean, anybody that's done it a long time, they're like, you know, you can never have enough, it doesn't feel like, and you're just always constantly looking for them. And that and that's the part of heading that's hard and kind of gets a little bit old and wears on you. But that being said, I just said, you know, a few minutes ago that there's better headers now, maybe skill-wise than there's ever been. It's amazing how many good headers there are.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you enjoy making horses enough that that will be something that's in your post rodeo career? Or do you not like working on horses very much? I,
1: I don't enjoy it now. I can't say that I wouldn't enjoy it later on because um, I think you got to have a gift for it. My brain doesn't hardly work slow enough to do it. Like I'm always in a hurry. And uh, you kind of got to slow down with young horses. And Chad's good at it. I mean, certain guys are good at making them. It seems like Chad. Cody Snow made a few younger. You know, he likes doing it, and uh, he's kind of been riding the same too. But he, he, I think he trained them or whatever. Or what he said, mm-hmm. he did a good job with them. But most guys, you know, I always see a here guys they train them I'm like well, I've never seen you ride him one time. But so I don't. Know. There is a few guys that are good at it. Most people got to buy them, cause we're, and then nowadays it's so tough to take them anywhere. You'll just lose, lose, lose to get them ready. So it's kind of getting harder to make them. It looks like to me. Yeah, I think so too.
0: Absolutely. Well, the boys, though, they're roping quite a bit, right?
1: Yeah, I got two, uh, my two older ones. They're 13, 11. uh, They love it. Whether they get good enough at it, I mean, that's to be, you know, to be determined. But, yeah, they they want to do it. They're pretty knowledgeable about it. So, we'll see.
0: Are you going to encourage them to make a living roping if they want to? Like, what, are you telling them to stay in
1: school? tell me about no I would tell budget. them to go get it I would tell yeah. if they were good enough at it and I thought they were good enough and they could win which that's the telltale sign can you win um yeah I'd tell them mm. to get it I mean and I, they've
0: been entering just they just started entering the jackpots right in the last year or so.
1: yeah last couple of years the older one has the other one's starting to you know enter a little bit they've been winning together randomly these last few weekends I've been going to some of my dad's or opens and I never let the older one heal or dally. I let him heal all the time, but I'd never let him dally until this year. Some of the lower number opens and the steers ain't running up the rope. And so they've been winning together randomly. They've placed quite a bit together, which actually works out good. Um, so they've been doing a little bit like that. But, yeah, I don't – yeah, we'll see. Like, they want to do it. We rope a lot. Uh, they handle the ropes good, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, you got to be really good. But, no, I would tell any kid that if they won – want to do it but I don't say don't go to school I wouldn't say go to school it's almost if you don't like school I'd say don't go to school if you like school and want to get educated I'd say go and and I would say if you're good enough for roping and you can win go do that whatever you, you know if you're not good enough it's not a great decision you got to keep getting better but I think every kid's different it's almost what the kid's into I didn't go to school because I wouldn't have went to class so I knew it was a waste of time I wanted out of high school so bad you have no idea that college wouldn't have worked for me personally mm-hmm. but the next the next kid wants to go to school get his degree and uh you know when he's done rodeo and he's you know i've finished with college and he'll start rodeo which i think's a cop-out honestly it means you're usually not good enough yet but that's what they say anyway so <laughs> that's what they say that's what they say <laughs>
0: they say <laughs> yeah. um, does uh tyler still have drake
1: yeah, he left him. In, yeah, he's got him there. He's got one of Driggers' horses. He's got a couple of mine. He left him in Texas. He was a little bit sore, yeah. Sure. Uh, so we just left him for the summertime. Kicked out at a friend of mine's house. So he's living the life right now. Nice. Hundred acres of nice coastal and a huge pond to swim in if he needs to. I guess so. Yeah, he's living the life right now. Except it's probably hot and humid. But other than that, he's got a good spot.
0: Is do can they can the kids ride do.
1: Tyler rode Dew at the Windy Ryan Roping. He rode him. Uh, he was riding my house a couple of times. And that horse, he actually does good at home. The Windy Ryan Roping, his horse was kind of sore. So I was like, well, you can ride Dew. And it was a little much. Once mm-hmm. we got to the Roping, uh, he, that horse, uh, he didn't revert back to a kid's horse. He was going pretty hard, running too hard, and turning off too hard, facing too hard, doing everything too hard. So Like, like dude does yeah you need a real you need a 10 healer back there and you don't need to be 13 doing this you know you need to be yeah. a little bit older and yeah i i thought he would do i thought he'd be better he wasn't he's good at home but he wasn't wasn't once uh i guess they got the music playing or whatever people say once he knew he was at the jackpot he was going 100 miles an hour so i'll, yeah. I'll
0: never remember. forget bobby riding him at the world series finale in the warm-up pen like just mad he just had her so upset because he was so on it like he yeah
1: so wound up Yeah, he gets that way yeah still that way 20 years old still uh he's had a long life that horse just because he's never chilled out Mm -hmm. uh, i think that's what's made him good you know he was you know little and tried hard all all these years and still does try pretty dang hard as hard as he can so when was the last time you rode him I haven't rode him much this year uh just been riding the sorrow been heading pretty good on him I rode him a Pecos he worked mm-hmm. all right there um I really haven't I haven't really flown nowhere everywhere I've went I've just rode the same horse pretty much mm-hmm. so uh and I'm one of those guys I was like that with Dew when he was doing great is like well if I was doing good on him I'm just gonna ride you every time I mean you're already at the rodeo anyways so and if he's with you you're just gonna ride him but but no, he had a good run. Uh, he was—he was. I probably won more money on that horse than any horse I've ever had. I'm sure, just because of the jackpot wins and rode him a, some NFRs and stuff. And he, he was a—he was awesome. Still is good, but he—he he was really awesome in his prime.
0: Now, I last question before we wrap it up. Fastback Ropes is sponsoring this podcast, of course. Yeah. Um, you have been with Fastback for a really long time. What advice? how long have you been with them and what advice would you give to kids about sponsors, keeping sponsors and keeping a positive relationship with your sponsors?
1: Well, I started with fast back in 2003 and, uh, it's been a great relationship. And then, you know, randomly I live, it's not why I live where I live, but I only live maybe 10 minutes from the rope shop. So it works out really good. Um, it used to be all Benson run it. Now it's Up church, uh, I don't know I've just always been I always tell kids one be get good because no one really wants to sponsor if you're not great you need to you know you need to be good at what you do you need to be a value to the company that way try to be a good guy if you can and you know do what you're asked if they want you to you know do some autographs do some autographs you got to do some photo shoots or like I'm doing this podcast uh they're sponsoring it or whatever but you know just you know kind of have a good working relationship and it's been good both ways i felt like i've been good for them and they've been good for me with the ropes and i just know that, you know nowadays especially they've got every kind of rope you want and uh if you like them light if you like them heavy if you like them fast if you like them a little dead or they've got the rope and so uh, they've just been a great company they're always trying new things and you know just working hard at you know they're never satisfied with just this is how we're going you know, this is how we're going to make our ropes and stick to it. I mean, they do stick to what they do, but they're always trying new ideas and test ropes just nonstop. And, uh, you know, they put a lot of hard work in there and they got a lot of good guys in there that, you know, the guys behind the scenes, even that, that make the company, you know, you see Coy out front, but there's a lot of good people behind the scenes that work hard to, you know, make the ropes great. And they, they want to do good for the roper. They want to see, you know, they want to see you guys win, buy them and stuff. So, uh, I just liked being a part of it and, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, as long as I rope, that's the rope company I want to be with. That's awesome. Well, I am glad for your wisdom.
0: Did you get to ask me enough questions or did I, sneak no, I out? Of, I, I, I speak felt like you
1: slipped out, 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 out a lot. <laughs> I, we didn't get into a lot of, but we'll have to do it again. Um,
0: I think so. We'll do it again.
1: Yeah, uh, I, uh, I just answered a lot of them. We didn't get into some of the private political stuff that I'd have to to go back on but no i I think you're doing a good job with this podcast like i said i i I, when you asked me about it i said that's a great idea nobody's doing it i don't even know if anybody else is still doing it
0: i think Um, pace does it every now and then were you on pace's podcast no
1: i haven't yours yours was going to be the first one i did i would have held out till uh till uh you had me on but uh, no (laughs) i think it's good you can you know you download them you listen to them going down the road or you know whatever you got doing I, i think it's the I think it's hit the rodeo world a little late, but uh, yep. I, th- I think they're here to stay in the mainstream world, too. I don't; They're not going away. I think it's cool. You get some inside info and just have a conversation. Of, you know, hopefully, you know, the people listening learned a few things. Like I said, we'll have to do it again, and maybe I'll put you on the spot a few times. I took it a little easy on you the first time. But.
0: Dude, I want to sit down and have a conversation <laughs> with, like – with you and somebody else, like actually let you guys kind of go at it, not go at it because you're not going to fight, but like, yeah, I, I, would, I would gain a lot if we did this in person someday and like sat down with you and somebody who's not at all like you. Like, maybe you and yeah. Buddy Hawkins should sit down one day. Yeah, or
1: we talk. yeah me, me and Buddy <laughs> see things kind of same. He's my go to, uh, he's my go to inner guy now. Him and uh, pretty much him. Uh, really when you get old well, yeah when you get older and you don't uh pay attention as much as you used to you got to have the go-to guy that you know spent hours looking at that paper and maybe I missed something you know just because I'm I'm almost going off just been there done that
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh maybe I missed something and so buddy uh he's my go-to I always say him and uh Drew Horner were my favorite team of all time and, that uh, was
0: the craziest
1: I said I we were going to be That was done. the best. That was no, the best.
0: Whoa. You was guys buddying to with them. You yeah, and, Jade and Jade buddying yeah. with them was we still talk about that today how crazy I don't know if Jade feels
1: was. I don't know if Jade feels the same way but they they are my favorite team of all time. <laughs> and so and they really are. They're my favorite team. We just had a little bit of everything in the rig. It was a never a dull moment and uh it was a fun few years uh you know when we got to do it and drew he's not even in there no more i could see him coming back but buddy he's been roping pretty dang good and no, i just like those guys you had a little bit one extreme to the next with all of us so it was the, pretty fun for years the later.
0: most extremes i could pick if i could pick four guys that are like at every <laughs> end of the spectrum for in rig it would be the four of you it blew my mind that you guys buddied together
1: yeah, yeah no it was fun it, it really was it was uh it was it was a blast. I hope Drew comes back. I, he got married and stuff. So who knows? How that he's, he's pretty goes. grown up now. He's yeah. He's yeah. He's dresses. I, I hope he listens to this podcast. He's always wearing <laughs> clothes too tight and his hair done nice. He's one of those guys now. So he's fabulous. He
0: was on an episode of the podcast because I love Drew's story. Oh, he that- was Drew. He was. Yeah, yeah he no, was.
1: He, he he untucks his shirt now. And, you know he's that guy. He's got Sperry's or whatever you you know city folk wear. But now Buddy <laughs> hasn't changed a whole lot. Buddy's no. still pretty much the same. He Sure, if is. probably changed either. He was always yeah. He was always now nah, Buddy. I lo- I like Buddy a lot. He's I a,
0: love one Buddy. Of my favorites. I was leaving a circuit rodeo and the team roping was like pretty close to the barrel racing. And I knew my husband didn't get me videoed, and I had a really good run, and I was feeling so bad. And I looked down at my phone and I had a text from Buddy Hawkins with my video, like Buddy Hawkins will video the barrel racers. Like he's good people.
1: Buddy, Buddy, Uh-oh. take care of you. Clay, okay.
0: thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I have so enjoyed this. It was it lived up to the hype that I had it had for it in my head.
1: Thanks for having me. I'll do better next time.
0: <laughs> I can't wait. All right. Talk to you later. All right, Bye.
1: All right, all right.
0: All right, everybody, I sure hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I know that Clay and I are going to try this again someday um, and have a nice conversation with somebody else in the roping industry. I wish Clay were my co-host because he is such a podcast master, as he talked about in this episode. So one of these days, you can look forward to that. Clay's going to help me interview somebody. Come to think of it, if you look back through our website, once upon a time, Clay helped interview Cody Ole for me still one of my favorite videos we've ever done to date so check that out on the teamropingjournal.com that was a spin to rodeo video from back in the day thank you again to fastback ropes for sponsoring this episode i really enjoyed this opportunity to visit with clay and i will talk at you all next week on the short score thanks guys All right, before we go, guys, I want to make sure you thank our sponsors at Fastback Ropes. They just came out with their new rope, the Cobalt, and definitely consider putting it in your rope bag for the rest of the summer. Fastback Ropes supports what we do here, bringing more information to the team roping industry. That's going to maximize your time in the arena because you know more. And we just love partners that will support these kind of efforts because it's what grows the sport. We can't thank Fastback Ropes enough. So everybody have a great summer, and we look forward to talking at you next week.